Welcome back to Arguing with the Internet. On this week's episode, we're going to be exploring arguments about free will. What is it? Do we have it? Does it even matter? Right. Uh, in keeping with the format we've had for the last few weeks, we're going to be looking at actual arguments from the Internet, reviewing them, you know, making comments on both sides. Uh, Lewis, I think you have the first one. Yeah, this one comes from Twitter. So we've got two commenters here. The first one says... Confession. I really have no idea what people are talking about when they talk about free will. And the more I read, the more confused I get. And I don't think it's just because it's a concept that perhaps has fuzzy edges. So this person's getting into how it's hard to define free will. It's hard to really know what people are talking about. And maybe people talk about it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this person responds, whatever the definition, I'll always say yes. I believe in free will. Either I'm right or I've been predestined that I believe in free will. So being wrong wouldn't be my fault. And so this person's making you know, almost like a moral argument for, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was good to believe in free will just cause you know, you're kind of off the hook. If free will isn't uh, something that you actually have, you couldn't um, have helped, couldn't have helped it. Right. You were going to believe it. Uh, right. Regardless. Yeah. The, the, so it's kind of interesting because people don't usually make like a kind of and I guess you want to believe stuff that's correct but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you would go so far as to like I don't know, this, this seems a little extreme I guess <laughs> yeah I mean it's a um, it's a it's a strange way of excuse making for sure but mm-hmm. uh, there's there's interesting stuff in both of the in both of the portions of this like argument that you found um, the first, you know, the expression, you know, I don't, I don't really know what's meant by free will. I don't know what's, uh, what exactly everyone's talking about. That is right. a confusion that, I mean, you see that in professional philosophy, you know, like mm-hmm. people who work on this stuff, uh, often have the same feeling, right? Because, uh, well, to be quite honest, people use it in different ways. People use the, the notion of free will in different ways. Some people seem to mean something like, uh, it is freedom from, so it's like freedom from coercion or something like that. I have free will so long as someone isn't, you know, forcing me to do something that I did not want to do, right? Whereas other people, philosophers, uh, will say, no, free will is some kind of like authorship of one's actions. Like a free will mm-hmm. is having control uh of what you not only do but maybe even want to do right that last bit is is a little bit controversial but uh right so like the first definition you talked about like when people say someone did something of their own free will that would Uh usually be an example of that like they weren't coerced they didn't uh, have a gun to their head they were able to right they were able to like make the decision so you know to the fullest extent that it's possible to make a decision as a person without being coerced. Whereas right. in the second case, let's say something a little different that like you were in control. It's not your brain. It's not the universe or your genes, the environment. It's like you as a right. person outside of all those things, making a choice. 
Yes. Yeah. And levels on that differ, you know, like the, the comment I made at the end of that proposition was that, uh, uh, that might even require you to be the author of like your wants, not just your actions, but your like thoughts about those actions, uh, before they've been Mm -hmm. done, that kind of thing. That's, uh, that's somewhat controversial, right? Because there are some people who are going to argue, um, you're not in control of that. Like you're not in control of the ideas that pop up in your head or like the motives mm-hmm. that pop up in your head. But what you are in control of is whether or not you pursue those things, right? Whether or not you, mm. you know, sign off on the things that like perhaps your brain uh, has uh, provided you with, right? So not everyone thinks this idea of authorship requires total control, uh, but there are some people think that way in any case uh it's not strange to me that this person is confused about what free will is it's it's right means a lot of things to a a lot of different people of course well you know i think this might be a good time to actually get into some of the definitions and the Mm -hmm. positions that people have on free will and since you've Mm -hmm. you know taught on this concept many times i mean do you want to go ahead and give uh sure sure so that The first distinction to make when we talk about the common positions on free will, there are some uncommon ones. Maybe we'll touch on those later. Mm -hmm. Uh, The distinction that has to be made first is one between uh, incompatibilists and compatibilists, right? Uh, Mm. You're going to like this. In order to understand the distinction, we have to understand another term, right? Don't you love those? Like, I'm going to tell you what this means (laughs) after I tell you what two other things mean. Uh, right that's philosophy for you <laughs> that's philosophy for you yeah uh in order to understand the divide between the compatibilist and the incompatibilist you need to know what determinism is right so determinism mm-hmm. is this notion that uh the universe is this sort of closed system in which laws uh determine the outcomes of what will happen in the future contingent on what happened in the past, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's basic, like, uh, when people describe this, a lot of the time they just refer to it as, like, basic cause and effect or whatever, right? There's there's a cause, there's the law-like uh, structure of the universe that determines the effect based on that cause, right? Uh, so the idea it's of like determinism... like a chain of dominoes, kind of, like... Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, exactly the, the last like domino can't help but fall over because all the previous Mm -hmm. dominoes have fallen over exactly um so in this context determinism then just means uh that the world is structured that way like a like a line of dominoes right and because Mm -hmm. of that and because of the rigidity of the natural laws of the universe uh what will happen what is happening what has happened and what will happen is determined completely by former states of the universe plus the laws, right? So what is going to happen, including what I do, what you do, what I think, all of those things simply fall out of past events, right? They Mm -hmm. just, they were determined to happen uh, by these past events. Um, Right. Okay. So like an example of mm -hmm. uh, ways people think about that is, you know, if you if someone 
typically a demon is like how the thought experiment goes. If, if a demon knew uh, everything that has ever happened and all mm-hmm. the laws, they would be able to predict the future with 100% accuracy. Right. The future can't help but be the way uh, the causal chain is is going. Right. Yeah, that's the idea of uh, the Laplacian demon, this entity yeah. that is supposed to have unlimited like cognitive ability and therefore can if given the proper you know information what the laws of the universe are and what all has happened thus far should be able to with 100% accurately 100% accuracy predict what happens next yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um so now that we kind of understand what determinism is we can move back <laughs> to the distinction between compatibilists and incompatibilists the incompatibilists want to say that free will cannot coexist with determinism, right? Uh, they want to say that if determinism is true, if our universe really is like that, there can be no free will. Um, whereas the compatibilists want to suggest that that isn't the case, that if determinism is true, uh, we can still have free will. I, before moving on to the uh, to back to the incompatibilists, I, I there is a lot of controversy as to whether the compatibilists are even answering like the question that we seem interested in when we talk about free will in the first place. Because the way they earn this notion that determinism does not defeat free will is by conceiving of free will, like we discussed earlier when we were speaking about the first portion of your response. Uh, by thinking of free will as merely being free from like coercion or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in their minds, right, it is the case that uh, the universe is determined, right? Everything I'm, everything I think and ever will think, and everything I've done and ever will do, is a product of events that I had no control over, right? And I never will have any control over these things um yet all the same so long as no one comes in and like impinges on my desire to act a certain way that's free right for the compatibilist um whether or not that's how most people think of free will is is an open question Um, right i mean it's hard to know exactly what everyone thinks free will is but like it seems that it's not that you know Mm. it's it's like the way people t- typically think of free will is um, being able to do something different given the same circumstances. Like if you're uh-huh. in a situation, mm-hmm. you have multiple options in Good. front of you and maybe you could have chosen a different option. Um, but yeah, so to say that determinism, like there's this causal chain that determines everything that happens, including your decisions, uh-huh. but also you have free will like that just on its face seems bizarre, yeah. but yeah, it is because, you know, in many cases, at least they're changing or they're, they're using kind of a limited version of free will that yeah. makes it compatible. So maybe it's not the free will that's kind of worth having mm-hmm. or worth worrying about too much. I like the way you put it. Um, you described it as uh, uh, could do differently, right? So mm-hmm. if determinism is true, it's not the case that you could have ever done differently, right? You'll never be in a position where in the exact same context, you could do something different, right? You will always have done the same thing. 
That's what determinism mm-hmm. is about. Okay, so the incompatibilists then, uh, they both think, there's two positions here, they both think that determinism and uh, free will don't mix, like they cannot get along. Uh, there's like a positive position and a negative one. The negative position is called hard determinism, and they basically just mm-hmm. say, well, that's true, determinism and free will don't mix, but free will, I mean, but determinism is true, right? So what happens? Well, free will, uh, we've got to let go of it. It's not a, it's, right. it's not true. It's an illusion. Right, exactly. Yeah. On the other side of things, we have what are called the libertarians, not the political view. This is a libertarian, libertarianism about free will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these people are the exact opposite. They say, yeah, if determinism was true, and that's a big if, uh, free will wouldn't be possible. But uh, determinism isn't true. So good for us, right? There's room for free will. Right. Um, those are more or less the main positions. There are some other mm-hmm. ones that are slightly more esoteric. Like you might believe that uh, God controls all things in a very like fine way. And that's not causal determinism but it's mm. probably not conducive to something like free will um right it's a kind of fatalism maybe like certain mm-hmm. religions believe in exactly yeah, like god that god determines everything so you can't act differently but that's still not the same as like a causal chain especially like when we mm-hmm. think of determinism it's typically from like a scientific viewpoint yeah. like if we understood all the physics and chemistry and all that we'd be able to predict everything that's going to happen whereas if god's controlling that's a little right. different. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a common mistake, at least when I've taught this kind of thing, I've seen this mistake over and over. Uh, to confuse determinism with something like fate, kind of like you were suggesting mm-hmm. there. Uh, the, the major difference is that uh, if you are fated to do something, like if you have a fate to do something, it doesn't seem to really matter what all the background conditions were. Like, Things could have been differently, and your and your fate is still the same, right? Um, determinism doesn't work that way. Things, hypothetically speaking, could have been totally different. They could have been totally different if the laws of the universe had been slightly different. If the first things that happened, you know, so like you've got the laws of the universe setting the framework, and then you have the first events happening in the world, uh, those get transformed through the laws and become new events and so forth, setting up the dominoes. But if those first things had been different, the end result would be massively different, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Not so for a view like fatalism or a view that like goes in for a notion like fate. Uh, They seem to require that, no, there's there's a specific end result and you have to get there and will get there. That's not quite yeah, that's, true for the determinist. Suggests there's a kind of order where like, you know, if, oh, I met you because it was fate that we met or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, determinism is not going to give you that. It's just kind of like a random yeah. universe doing its own yeah. thing. Like, it's more no like order. Well, because of the laws of the universe and everything that's happened prior to now, we were going to meet. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's way less fantastical. It's, it's not special. Yeah. Way less romantic than yeah. we were fated to meet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about the uh, the response, though? I think we've been a while on the uh, 
what exactly is free will? What's going on with this notion? Yeah. So I think, you know, as we sort of talked about, you know, the people think about free will in different ways. So that's one reason why it's kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, you know, this, this kind of uh, belief that if you, well, let me just reiterate what the, the second person says. So they say, you know, I believe in free will. So that means if I'm right, you know, free will does exist. Great. But if I'm wrong, then, uh, well, this person says they were predestined, but you could just think that, you know, you had no choice mm-hmm. to do otherwise, but to believe free will wasn't true. And so you're kind of off the hook there. Right. So uh, they've made the mistake know, I, I, we I, just I, talked about basically. Right. Predestination. Um, you're right. Right. But I don't know. I still, this seems like a weird way to go about things like forming your beliefs in this kind of way of like, Oh, if the universe is this way, then I'm right. If the universe is this way, then like, it's fine that I'm wrong. It just, it seems like a weird way to go about it. I mean, I don't know how many points you're getting for like being right in these like different possible world scenarios. Like, uh, yeah, it's a tricky thing. Um, (laughs) the idea that, uh, because it could be, it could be kind of spread to any kind of belief, right. Uh, Mm. where you can say, so right now they're talking about free will. But you could use the same move in their context about anything, you know, like, um, you know, I'm going to choose to believe that uh, two plus three equals ten. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, if free will isn't real, I couldn't have helped that. Uh, And therefore, (laughs) I'm off the hook. I'm excused. Right. So Mm. either I'm right, you know, or like um, I couldn't help it. You know, I was like, eh, okay, maybe like it, there is some truth to the fact that if, if determinism is true, this, this person says predestined, which like we mentioned is not the same thing, but let's, uh, be charitable. Um, yeah, it's almost like the, they're sort of expecting like the, you know, you die and you go meet God and you get points for all the right beliefs you've had or what, like the right yeah. positions you took mm-hmm. or something like, it's just, it's kind of a weird way to, to, to get to choose what to believe i guess but also like there's another way to come at this that i that i kind of want to approach like this is a so to be clear this is a bad move for like forming a belief like you should not do Mm. this uh because there is no independent reason for believing the thing like i i hope this person has other reasons for thinking that free will is true or is real over and above mm-hmm. just this kind of like gamble that they're making. Um, mm-hmm. Because let's, let's imagine the case in which there really is free will. Um, I would want to argue as someone who works on uh, notions having to do with when it's right and wrong to form beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would want to suggest that this person still did something bad. <laughs> Uh, in terms of forming beliefs, right? Even if they were right and free will ended up being a thing, the method by which they got to that belief is still bad, right? It's still mm. the case that it they didn't earn this belief, right? They don't mm. have real reasons for it. So even in their best case scenario, I'm not a fan, you know? It's almost like you could form a random belief that, you know, I don't know. President Obama's using the bathroom right now. Like I believe mm. that. Like it could Possibly be true. true. I have no reason to believe that right. it's true. But like, right? You know, so it, it seems weird to say that. Like, 
I get something out of being right just by happenstance. Right. Or, right. Like, cause the, the method of me getting there was, was poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, this notion that there's some kind of value in like having gotten it right, even by like duplicitous means, uh, like this shaky argument, for example, is kind of bizarre. Yeah. It is. It's kind of bizarre. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Officially coming out as uh, not a, not a fan of this uh, <laughs> this wager yeah. move that this person is making. Um, I think that's a good time to move on okay. to the next. Uh, sure. Uh, okay, so this next one is a uh, comment from Reddit. It's very short. <laughs> uh, in response to a question uh, as to whether or not um, free will is real and why we should believe it is this person simply responds it really 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 seems like we have it and that's it uh that's the end uh but while it's short i do want to say like it's it's not altogether bad in fact i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go ahead and say it it's better than that wager argument we just saw um um what this person is doing basically is saying that we have this extremely strong intuition that free will is a thing. I hear a lot of people say this, that as they're walking about in their day-to-day lives, it seems like they have control. Like they have at least some ability, if not complete ability, they have some ability to dictate what they do, the choices they make at the very least. They have the ability to like um, uh, to choose between options presented to them by like their subconscious or their brains or something like that, right? Um, mm-hmm. They have some con- amount of control. That seems to be like a common intuition, right? It's just this feeling that you can't shake, right? It's a feeling that you can't shake. Um, some yeah, people, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say yeah, that's my sort of intuition mm-hmm. is that people do often think they have free will, not just like in the sense that like he did it of his own volition, but you know, we can make choices. We have the possibility to choose differently, but I do wonder if, if this is always true. Like if, for instance, you grew up in an environment where determinism mm. was something that was taught to you, um, could you like, would you have the same intuitions? And I, and I wonder like, cross-cultural differences because i know that different religions have different as we talked about some of them have this kind of predestination idea yeah um and there's things about the mind that have been intuitions for a long time that you know freud had this uh controversial idea or like this revolutionary idea that there's an unconscious mind there's things that uh come to you that are not conscious mm-hmm. um whereas before maybe people thought that pretty much everything you do is conscious every action you make as a conscious component so sure you know there there are ways that we can you know on the one hand maybe the intuition isn't always ne- like necessarily going to be there and on the other hand like just because we have these intuitions doesn't mean they're right because we have intuitions about other mental processes that have turned out to totally be yeah that's where i was gonna go is that um even if you can like agree so you you made some interesting points that the intuition might not be as universal as it seems Right, it might depend on like uh, your upbringing, et cetera, et cetera. There are mm-hmm. like 
there are studies that have found that intuitions that seem like pretty universal, uh, they do tend to kind of drift with cultural difference. Um, I don't know about this case specifically, but I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Um, but more importantly, like the last point you made, that's where I, that's exactly where I was going to go. Is that uh, mm-hmm. even if this were universal intuition, it's still not clear that that buys you anything in terms of like confidence in the things being true, right? As you mm-hmm. said, historically we've had all kinds of intuitions uh, that have ended up being false, right? Um, Intuition is, is no doubt like an important part of the reasoning process. You know, you have to start somewhere. You can't just uh, start doing inquiry out of nothing, right? It typically requires some kind of intuition to kickstart things. Uh, but to end there, to end the reasoning process on an intuition, it seems suspect, right? Um, it seems like maybe you should do some footwork before you you know, rest on your laurels, having saved the notion of free will, for example. Right. And that's, you know, having taught psychology classes in grad school, like Mm -hmm. uh, learn a lot about how, I mean, people hate on psychological research or any kind of social science research a lot. Uh, One of the reasons, I'm sure we're going to do an episode on this eventually, but (laughs) one of the reasons is because, you know, it's obvious, like you it's one thing I used to do is go to like the science subreddit and just like get mad at people saying like, Oh, why do they do this study? This is obvious. Like everyone knows oh, sure. that, you know, this sort of psychological phenomenon happens or something. Right. But it's, I mean, people have these intuitions about how your beliefs work, how different cognitive processes work, uh, but they're often very wrong. And so I mean, even if like, you know, a, a study supports like the common sense thing, like you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also people are, um, can sort of skew data to like fit whatever um, kind of ideas they have about cognition. Like maybe the ideas we have about cognition are a little more malleable. And we just kind of like, whenever we hear, we sort of make that work with our intuitions. Uh, but I think these, yeah, um, people think they know a lot about how the mind works because, you know, everyone has thoughts and mm-hmm. feelings, beliefs and all this stuff. But I think, yeah, we really don't know that much Um we're not really the experts that we think we are. Um, right. And a lot of social science research has supported yeah. that. There's a clear difference between a feeling of understanding and actual understanding. Um, and I think that's an important thing to note when you're talking about intuitions here. Even if you have a powerful intuition, like one that you can't shake, um, it's, it's still really no like, guarantee of any kind of truth uh again i don't want to say that they count for nothing they might you know intuition might lead you some of the way there um it does shift the burden of proof uh to an extent like if you want to say that you have a belief that goes completely against people's intuitions then it takes more yeah it's not enough usually just to say like your intuition is dumb like or it's based on faulty reasoning you also have to you have to come up with a replacement theory that um Mm. explains why the intuition doesn't work right which is uh perhaps not great right because it's (laughs) it's more or less like uh noting that confirmation bias exists right uh oh you're you're proposing something that runs counter to what i believe currently even though 
if it's belief by intuition, that just by definition means you don't have any reasons for it, aside from your feeling, your gut, your gut feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. You disagree with that gut feeling, uh, you're going to have to do more work to convince me. That just is confirmation bias, right? Right. But it's, I mean, I think of it as like, uh, you know, when people were atheists before like the theory of evolution or many of our mm-hmm. modern scientific theories, uh, I feel like it was much harder because people would, you know, ask then like, okay, well, like, how did everything get here? Or like, right. how did humans get here? Like all this stuff. And you're just like, I don't know. I just think like the arguments you have for creationism are bad. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean they're wrong to, you know, have those beliefs that creationism like isn't true, for instance. But then if you have a, a kind of replacement theory, it's a little easier to easier pill to swallow. And I think the same is true for th- free will, where now we have a greater understanding of, for instance, like psychology and neuroscience and instances where people are not as in control as they think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little easier to make the case. And I think that's why, you know, you see, maybe this, I don't know if it's a more recent phenomenon, but it definitely seems like people are more likely to believe yeah. free will isn't true. I see where you're things. coming from. Um, yeah, this idea that like, well, now that we know so much more, it's kind of like now that we know so much more about psychology, neuroscience, etc., we now know that we don't know a lot, right? When it comes to mm. the way our minds work. And that uh, that knowing that you don't know very much about how your mind works um, does kind of lend itself towards weakening that intuition of like free will, right? But importantly, it doesn't mean that it's wrong, right? In order to get free will, um, it's not the case that you need every single action, desire, whatever, to be completely free, right? If you can find even one instance, just one instance of uh, an occasion in which you had a choice that you could have done otherwise, right? You really could have done other than what you ultimately chose, that was a free act and therefore free will is a thing. You don't even need another to ever happen again, right? Um, right. So just because we can find some areas like in psychology or neuroscience, uh, I mean, I know there are some studies, for example, that suggest that like decision making is done before the conscious mind is even aware of uh, like the problem. Uh, mm-hmm. I think... Uh, yeah, there's a famous book called The Illusion of Conscious Will that uh, gathers all of these experiments that make these kind of their, their conclusions kind of suggest as much. Um, but even if that sort of thing is true on average, like I said, really, you only need one instance of a, a truly free act and you've, you've saved free will. Um, right. That's true. Yeah, so it could be. Perhaps it could be rarer than people think it is. Like mm-hmm. maybe some people's intuition. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, you know, people used to think or uh, were more likely to think that everything they did was consciously chosen. And now we have a greater appreciation of the limits of conscious. Right. We uh, know about biases awareness. and things like that now. But that doesn't yeah. mean that, you know, it's completely out the window. Like you could still have free will just right. in more limited situations, perhaps. Right. Okay. Do you want to move on to your next your next argument? Yeah, I think this is a good bridge since we were just talking about neuroscience a little bit. Okay. Uh, So this is from Twitter. This person says, we don't know anywhere near enough about the brain to rule out libertarian free will. 
People assume determinism because it fits the scientific zeitgeist of our times, not because we have strong evidence that it's true. Mm. Uh, so this, this person's claiming that determinism is, you know, he says it fits the scientific zeitgeist, so it's a popular idea among scientists and people who uh, claim to be like scientifically minded, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, may be true. I don't know exactly. It was um, certainly true I, in like the times of Newton, right? Uh, where the universe mm-hmm. was seen as like seen through classical mechanics. Um, right. Yeah. I, I guess just in, no, in terms of like what, you know, if you polled a bunch of scientists, what they would say, I, I don't mm. know that exactly. Yeah. That um, would be interesting. It's interesting to me that this person says like, it's, it's because we don't know near enough about the brain that we can't rule out free will. Right. And then they go on to, to question the legitimacy of determinism. Um, Determinism and and our knowledge of the brain, like advances in neuroscience are, aren't really going to be that, uh, that strongly related. Like the, the power of determinism Mm. is not in saying something like, uh, uh, unconscious forces or some machinations in the brain that you are not in control of are actually responsible for decision-making. That's one way to attack free will. Uh, but that's not the standard deterministic way, uh, which says, you know, the universe works like clockwork, right? It's sure your brain is a part of it, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So it's, it's strange to me. They're singling out yeah. the brain here. So you're suggesting that neuroscience and even psychology, any kind of science, I guess, isn't necessary to get determinism or at least isn't mm-hmm. necessary to rule out libertarian free will. Right. Um, which yeah, I, I, just, I agree with that. Yeah. Maybe they're um, just making two points though. Like maybe they're making a point kind of like the one we just made, uh, wherein we said, you know, like, uh, we've made some advances in neuroscience and psychology. And some of those advances make us question our intuition about free will. But at the same time, uh, we don't know everything there is to know about those things. And really, the libertarian about free will just needs one instance. So uh, we still can't rule it out, even though we have more understanding now. Maybe that's what they mean by this first point. And their next point is just like sort of right. separate, where they attack. Yeah, the, the first point could be you know, people that uh, try to find instances where decisions weren't as free as they were, as people think they are based on what's happening in their brain. Uh, that maybe they're saying you you can't rule it out in all cases, even if you can't rule it out. So they're kind of giving a little bit of legitimacy to the method of inquiry of like looking at the brain Mm -hmm. to, to study free will. But I mean, I, you know, um, you know, I'm a neuroscientist and I, I think people often give too much credit to neuroscience. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's just kind of a weird thing for me to say, but, um, cause I, I think neuroscience doesn't have that, much to say about the free will debate, honestly. Mm. Um, A lot of the experiments that have been done in neuroscience to try to get a handle on whether free will exists or not basically have to do with looking at some kind of activity in the brain. Um, And some people have demonstrated that when someone makes a conscious choice, there seems to be activities happening in their brain. That's, you know, if they're trying to make a conscious choice to move, for instance, there's activity in like the areas that control movement that happens before the person mm-hmm. decides to move. Mm-hmm. So that suggests that like the movement's already happening before they're aware of it. 
Um, and there's, you know, a lot of different ways to interpret those experiments. But I think the main thing is, um, the main criticism of a kind of free will from like a scientific perspective is just, you know, if you didn't have neurons controlling behavior and controlling your psychological states, uh, then like, how does that work? Like as a scientist, you, you typically think of like a causal chain where, you know, if physical structures interact in a certain way, you get like a chemical reaction. Mm-hmm. And if uh, and you bring that up to different levels of analysis. So in the case of neuroscience, you know, if you have a person who's happy one minute and they're sad the next minute, their brain is going to be different. It's not, it's, it would be from that perspective, it would be impossible for their brain structure and their brain function to be exactly the same because they have two different psychological states and those are completely dependent on what's happening in their brain. So I don't think you need, so, so just from like a theoretical perspective, um, you have a, a case against free will that you don't need like experimental data necessarily to, uh, come to. There's a lot to say there. So like mm-hmm. you've, You've spoken on like the neuroscience side. There's a lot to say there on the philosophical side of things. In fact, yeah. so much that I'm not sure we can get into it here. Um, right. I'll just say, I'll it's like a small comment. <laughs> I'll say the the notion that the brain and the mind are so intimately tied is not universally shared by any means amongst philosophers who work on this kind of thing. Right. There are some who even acknowledge the connections, you know, that, uh, you know, psychological states seem to differ in accord with uh, neurological states and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, And still have some decent explanations for how uh, they can navigate around that um, without making the perhaps reductive claim that. uh, that entails that one is the other, right? That mental mental phenomena just are like expressions of <clears throat> things going on in the brain. Uh, but that that mm-hmm. has to do with like philosophy of mind. And while it would be interesting, it's a it would be a very long conversation, right? I mean, that is definitely a detour. But mm-hmm. I mean, the case I was trying to make in general is I don't think you need like a, a study using neuroscientists to like debunk free will or to prove that there is mm-hmm. free will. Just cause I think the assumptions that people have in doing neuroscience, like behavioral neuroscience, psychological cognitive neuroscience, mm. um, those themselves are kind of the ammunition you need. I see. Okay. Um, what seems to be doing more work for them here in the actual bit of the argument is there is, there is an argument here. No, it's short. Uh, is more or less to suggest that uh, determinism is not as it's not as easily won as many people seem to think that it is, right? So you can't just in the same way that we've said you can't help yourself to the notion of free will, like when we saw that first argument where the person was trying to suggest that uh, they can believe in free will without any consequences for themselves, uh, Mm-hmm. And like we saw with the second argument where it's, uh, well, I'm going to choose to believe because it's intuitive to me, right? Uh, in both cases, it seems like you haven't really like earned the belief and that's what's wrong. Well, the same kind of move could be employed against the determinist, right? It's not okay to just go around saying, well, of course the universe is that way. Uh, why wouldn't it be that way? You've got to have some reasons for thinking that. Mm-hmm. And if you can't supply those reasons, 
then you probably shouldn't go around saying free will is is false or not real because determinism is true. Um, so yeah, there is something uh, to that move. Now, like you were hinting at, it's it's not clear like how many scientists today are determinists. Uh, I do think at some point in history, certainly most, if not all of them were, um, just because of the way we understood physics at the time. But nowadays it's not so clear. I mean, like the, of that time in the, you know, the enlightenment or whatever, I mean, Mm -hmm. most of the scientists were still religious. And so they, that's true. I mean, some of them were like more deists where they believed like God set everything up. God sets the rules and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. But not all of them. I mean, and, it, but, you know, some of that's just it was like impossible to not be uh, religious at the time, basically. But right, yeah, I can fear imagine of like, social persecution. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine a lot of them were like truly religious and believed a lot of yeah um, that doctrine, which is uh, very distinct from that me- mechanistic version mm-hmm. of uh, the universe. So I'm not sure. Well, in any case, whatever the historical. Uh, fact of the matter is um, mm-hmm. uh, it's not clear today especially I would say uh, w- whether that it's true of all scientists or a majority of them that they are determinists you know um, one thing that philosophers like to point to when they're talking about whether determinism is true or not are quantum phenomena you know phenomena mm-hmm. that seem to escape this notion of uh, well because this happened prior to it and the laws of the universe are set in stone, this thing must happen after, right? It seems like, uh, I'm no expert, so uh, take everything I say here with a grain of salt or two. Um, mm. But uh, it seems that there are some phenomena that can't be, like the outcomes of which can't be predicted a- ahead of time. They can be assigned perhaps probabilities. We can su- maybe deduce the uh, possible outcomes of a certain cause. Um, But which one of those outcomes will come to manifest, at least in some cases, seems to be not completely determined. At least that's, that's the line that philosophers making this move uh, try to sell. Right. Right. Quantum physics, it does seem to throw a wrench in the idea of like the, we talked about before the Laplacian demon, Mm -hmm. uh, an entity that could, know everything that's happened before, know all the physical laws and predict yeah. with 100% certainty what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, if there are truly random events, and even in a large scale, they might be highly probabilistic. You can determine, you know, 10% of cases this is going to happen, 80% of this is going to happen, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Because you can't determine every single case, then, you know, things are going to be slightly different mm-hmm. over time. And so, yeah, maybe you can't have that kind of determinism but at the same time, like the 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 meat of the argument for determinism against free will doesn't really it doesn't really matter if you can predict everything absolutely certain certainly um, it just matters that everything happens uh, through physical means or through some other means of the universe operating in a causal fashion mm. that's something like free will is incompatible with, well, if, if you're an incompatibilist. Um, so it doesn't right. matter if some of it is random. It just still doesn't leave room for yeah. this kind of freedom. Yeah. That's kind of the problem that I've always had with this move. Um, 
even if the universe isn't deterministic because of something like quantum phenomena, um, that doesn't really like grant you easy access to, to free will straight, straight away as a result, right? Um, perhaps it makes it less of a certain thing that free will is doomed or something, but um, mm-hmm. it's not like it opens the door. It's, it's, it doesn't invite the notion in. Um, because if the universe, let's say, is partially determined by laws and the things that happened before, uh, and partially is just random, there still doesn't look like there's much room there for this notion of free will, at least where like we are in control, you know, like we have agency is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, randomness isn't free, right? Randomness is randomness. It's not directed. Um, right. I, and I, I'm not, I think it's, it's uh, even with my limited knowledge, I think it'd be a mistake to say that quantum phenomena are like somehow supposed to be random, but um still even even with a a more like nuanced understanding i don't think it opens the door for this notion of uh this radical agency that uh most libertarians about free will want. right and yeah i mean i obviously don't know much about quantum physics either which it almost everybody can say but like it doesn't (laughs) doesn't stop me from talking (laughs) about it or but the um but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. It doesn't really grant too much. I think people often, you know, if there's an intractable problem, like a philosophical issue that people have been going back and forth with for a long time, if there's mm-hmm. like a weird new phenomenon, like new physical phenomenon that comes out, people just want to latch onto it and say, oh, like maybe this is it. Maybe quantumness, quantum phenomena explain consciousness. Maybe they explain mm-hmm. free will. Maybe they explain right. all these other problems, uh, which yeah, maybe there's something there, but I don't know. I don't, at its face, at least, I don't really share sure. that line of argument. At the, at the very least, though, it might stave off temporarily the the assault against free will, you know, by the determinists. Um, but uh, yeah, in in the end, it's not going to do the job of motivating the position. It's just going to do the job of preventing it from immediately crumbling, which is not nothing. Um, right. But before we move on, I, I do. Uh, I want to restate that there is something to this, right? Determinism can't simply be assumed, right? It's going to have to, you're going to have to have reasons for believing in it. Um, right. I do think people might overstate the extent to which science can tell us about free will, mm-hmm. um, either for or against. So I think, it, yeah, there are a lot of uh, philosophical, metaphysical assumptions uh, that people make that they want to, just say it's like, oh, this is what the science says, but it's really just, you know, a philosophical position, basically. Right. Okay, I think we've got one more. Um, yeah. This one I have pulled from Reddit. Uh, this person is making a comment in response to a post uh, wherein the, the poster was wondering whether or not the issue of free will was irrelevant altogether. For similar reasons to the first argument we saw from you, Um Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, if free will is a thing, uh, fine. If it isn't, I couldn't have helped but think otherwise. So, what's the point in thinking about it, <laughs> right? Mm, um, right? This person is responding to that line of thought. Uh, it's fairly long, so bear with me. Um, 
If a computer does something that is wrong, we either try to fix the computer or prevent it from harming other computers, people, by quarantining it. We repair it or prevent it from doing, uh, doing it in the future. If people don't have free will, our legal system should be organized much in the same way. People have no choice in their actions and have a genetic potential to do them, which is actualized by their circumstances. There is a diathesis for an action. This is coming from a philosophy Reddit, if you were wondering. Mm -hmm. uh, and the stress that triggers it. Since people are not responsible for their actions, because they couldn't have acted otherwise, we should only try to fix them or prevent them from harming other people by quarantining them. We repair them or prevent them from doing a similar action in the future. On the other hand, if people do not have free will, if they truly have uh, sorry, if people do have free will, if they truly have choice in their actions, then they are morally responsible for what they do. Consequently, it seems that rather than just reparative and preventative factors, we also add in a punitive one. This person deserves to be punished because of what they did. They deserve to feel the pain they caused because they truly had the choice to cause that pain. Hence, the truth value of free will plays a huge role in how we look at our legal system. Okay, all that said, <laughs> uh, what this person is doing is saying that the, the, the argument about free will is not irrelevant. It's not unimportant. And that's because mm -hmm. it's going to be crucial, at least in their minds, in determining how we approach our moral and, as a consequence, legal systems, right? Uh, they paint the picture in terms of... Uh, a dichotomy on one side free will is not a thing on the other it is so on the, on the understanding that free will is a legitimate notion it's true uh and people do have a choice in terms of what they do it seems like we have the ability to hold people personally responsible right mm -hmm. you did this bad thing uh and you chose to do this bad thing right so uh, we can now, you know, seek justice against you or something like that, right? You, you, mm -hmm. It kind of facilitates this idea of justice. Um, retribution also becomes possible. Um, right. At the same time, you could also think of it in a more positive way. Um, if free will is a thing, then when someone does something remarkably kind or good, that's because they chose to. So those kinds of actions are genuinely praiseworthy, right? They, this person mm -hmm. chose to do these good things. They chose to be a good person. They didn't have to. They could have acted otherwise, but they did. Um, now, uh, run it the other direction where free will is false, right? Suppose determinism is true and they're incompatible. Well, now... Uh, it's simply the case that people could not have chosen to do otherwise. They're going to do what they were determined to do. And so it becomes kind of, it becomes kind of tricky when deciding whether or not we can hold people responsible, right? Whether or not we can actually judge other people now, either in a good way or a bad way, mm -hmm. uh, for what they do, because we know they could not have chosen otherwise. Um, some people, in fact, argue that no matter the truth of the matter, 
we should choose to believe in free will because without it, our moral systems fail. Yeah, I think you raised a lot of interesting points there. Yeah, the issue of free will does have a lot of bearing on you know, how we hold people accountable for their actions and our you know, institutions like prisons designed to uh, seek vengeance or punish people. Yeah, they don't really make sense uh, in a determinist world where free will does not exist, except as you said, maybe, you know, if everyone believed we didn't have free will, maybe that would uh, ruin our society in some way, or people would be more likely to act immorally mm-hmm. if they didn't believe in free will. And so maybe even if determinism is true and it's incompatible with free will, maybe it's the better thing morally is to believe free will is true or operate as if free will is true. Right. Um, That's not an uncommon move. Uh, For some, um, there are a group of utilitarians, for example, who believe that to be the case. We talked about them mm -hmm. when we discussed whether or not it was morally okay to eat animals. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're interested in learning more about utilitarians. Um, Yeah. But I think uh, one thing this, this commenter, point they made in the first paragraph that are talking about what happens if uh, we don't believe in free will, how that affects, mm-hmm. you know, we should, if we think about people as computers or you know, some other entity that operates completely mechanical, uh, mechanically, right. they can't help but do what it does. So, you know, if a computer is malfunctioning, this person says, you know, we prevent it from harming other computers. Maybe we try to repair it or we at least quarantine it. Uh, but that's not necessarily the case with people. I mean, you certainly could have that, uh, way of thinking about people like we rehabilitate people who mm-hmm. have done moral transgressions because they couldn't help it or we at least isolate them but you could also just kill them uh, <laughs> I mean yeah uh, like if they, if like if, if a computer is, is malfunctioning it's harming other computers for instance mm-hmm. uh, you might just get rid of it or you might salvage it for parts you don't necessarily have to quarantine yeah. it or repair it and you could make the same argument for people as well. Yeah, I mean, the response is kind of like a flippant one in its mode of presentation. (laughs) But uh, uh, one thing that sometimes comes hand in hand with a radical acceptance of determinism is a devaluing of things that might typically thought to have inherent value. For example, like the significance of human life, right? Like if everything is simply plodding along according to the natural laws of the universe and the things that came before us, well, then there's nothing really significant about us. We're just another cog. We're just another piece in the machine, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have that kind of view, then yeah, you're right. Even though... yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. If if that kind of view also falls out of determinism, then maybe the easiest way to deal with transgressions is to like uh, um, ensure they don't happen again, right? In whatever means. Um, right, but, but humans are different than computers and, mm-hmm. and there's other things. Even if you, I guess you could still have a deterministic and incompatibilist worldview and still have think that you should respect the dignity of human life. Exactly. Or, yeah. That's exactly uh, where I was going. Treat people yeah. with respect. Cause you know, they can have, they can suffer, uh, 
you know, unlike computers as far as mm-hmm. we know. And so they have a different moral status. Right. So determinism, well, I could understand how it could lead to a worldview in which some things are devalued, like human life, for example. It doesn't fall out of it necessarily. You could be a determinist and still think that there's like maybe even inherent uh, sanctity or value uh, to human life. Um, but while this person is certainly eloquent, uh, the thing that stands out to me about this move they're making uh, is that uh, I, I don't understand why the other sides couldn't simply be switched. So I'll explain more. Um, they're acting as though it's only the case that we should care about why people did what they did and treat them as something to fix rather than something to punish uh, mm. if determinism is true. But you could easily have that view and still think that free will is a thing, right? Mm. Uh, you could think that the proper way of dealing with moral harms or transgressions is to identify why this person did what they did. And if you believe in free will, maybe part of that is uh, talking to them, figuring out what their decision process is like, uh, where it was, where it comes from, that sort of thing, right? Um, so it, and the same can be said in the other direction as well. So he, he states that um, if free will is the case, then um, uh, we are suddenly allowed to, you know, bring retribution back in. Right, because now we can hold people responsible and therefore we can use retribution or issue out justice, that sort of thing. Well, the determinist could, could feel that way too, right? We've talked about uh, consequentialists several times now, right? And uh, as I've said before, largely speaking, the consequentialist doesn't care about uh, whether or not you're a good or bad person. They care about good or bad actions, Right, whether or not the consequences of your actions were were good or not. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they could, a, yeah. Well, sorry to jump in, but it's okay. I think you you, you made a couple of interesting points there, so I, I wanted to to touch on one where, yeah, it, if you have a universe where there is free will, you can still change people's behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not that you have determinism or you have randomness in the case of free will like mm-hmm. if someone chose to murder they may have had mm-hmm. logical rational reasons for doing so that could be changed by either argument or by you know maybe putting them in some kind of uh rehabilitation program mm-hmm. uh to change that the way they consider things exactly. so even yeah even in that case you do have free will it's not that you should just punish people who do bad things and uplift people who do good things. Like there could still be some, right. some room. For In fact, the environment. it might even be like more effective if free will is true because mm-hmm. you are acknowledging the possibility of this person deciding to do differently. Right. That's is mm-hmm. That's just is what it means to have libertarian free will. So in making that declaration, this person could have and can choose to do differently um you're also in effect saying that they can improve right they can be better if they choose to be um Mm -hmm. if determinism is true that doesn't necessarily follow 
it might be the case that there are some individuals that cannot be uh, quote unquote fixed in this way, mm. right? So you might be even more on the hook for this line of thinking in regards to justice and morality if you think free will is a thing. So I understand yeah. where this person is coming from, but I, I don't think the dichotomy they set up is um, exactly as strict as they seem to think it is. Right. And it may also be misleading to you know to have this like completely different set of scenarios for determinism versus free will, because you can't have maybe more of a mix of both. Like even people that do believe in free will, you know, as we've mentioned, maybe free will only you know, occurs in certain mm-hmm. specific scenarios. And so I think most people are going to acknowledge that circumstances play a role in someone's behavior. So if someone was traumatized as a child and they had, you know, no resources and no, uh, you know, they just had a really hard life um, and weren't set up to thrive. They're going to, you, if they commit a crime, you might feel that those circumstances kind of mitigate uh, that a little bit. So they shouldn't be punished as much or they should be, be trying to help them rather than to punish them. Whereas someone with that comes from more privilege and had more, you know, opportunities for success and everything for them. And they commit the same crime. Like maybe you would be harsher on that person. So mm-hmm. even if in that case, they do have free will, there are still external circumstances that you know, make it harder for one person to do the right thing over another. Right. Yeah. And to, and to go back in the other direction again, uh, it's totally possible for a determinist to think, to even think we should seek retribution against people who do wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a determinist who readily acknowledges that people could not have done differently might say something like, if we use something like retribution against wrongdoers, uh, there might be something like a deterrence factor against wrongdoing by others, for example. Uh, mm. And therefore the consequences make it such that it's a good thing to do. Um, so, I think on both sides, on both sides, it's, uh, it's, they, this person has not made their point sufficiently that our moral systems are going to completely fall one way or the other, depending on this question, right? Would this question be relevant in some respects to like moral questions? Sure. That seems to be the case. Uh, but will it be the end all be all to help us decide how we should treat like wrongdoers or even uh, even those who do exceptional good? I'm not I'm not convinced. Right. Yeah, I mean, on its face, the free will versus like hard determinism. Yeah, it seems like it has a huge impact on like, you know, our legal system or like a lot of the, the ways that we operate in society. But maybe other circumstances can play a huge role as well, like our mm-hmm. ethical positions, for instance. And so maybe it's not as, you know, cut and dry as it may seem initially. Right. All right. Well, I think that's uh, probably a good place to wrap up. Whoa. Um, uh, do we have free will? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like most episodes, we don't, we don't, we didn't probably didn't really answer the, <laughs> the, the titular question uh but people there's a reason people have been having this debate for you know since mm-hmm. ancient greece or you know yeah whenever people started to say you know it's thousands of years it's yeah. uh 
it's complicated to define what free will is in the first place. It's complicated to yeah, to know one way or the other. Science probably won't save us, so mm. we're just going to keep having this debate probably. But. Yeah. Well, uh, the goal of these episodes is, uh, I think it's less to deliver like a verdict on the question we ask and more to mm-hmm. help others explore the problem space, right? So hopefully now, like even though we didn't really answer the question, um, hopefully now you have some idea as to where you fall and uh, and what that might mean in terms of like implications and what's going to be required of you in order to make the arguments that you'll need. Right. Um, but yeah, as always, yeah, that's all we can do. There's way more to oh, say, yeah. uh, but uh, we're running long. So uh, I think that'll be it until next time. Right. See you next time. See you next time.